Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. It's a special time of the year when the first two classics of the season are run at Newmarket and the 1,000 and 2,000 guineas are such important races for the best three-year-old colts and fillies. The British Champion Series invited Aidan O'Brien to a media press conference earlier in the week and we get to hear from the master of Bally Doyle as he discusses his chances of gaining even more Group 1 success this weekend. We also have a nice chat with Sam Hoskins from Kennet Valley Thoroughbreds. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale looks at all of the new market racing action on Saturday with Wally Pyra looking ahead to Sunday's race card in Hong Kong. Well, it's a big weekend of racing coming up with the Guineas, of course, at Newmarket. First classics of the season. We'll hear from Aidan O'Brien, as I say, on this podcast in a few minutes' time. Also, Sam Hoskins from Kellett Valley Thoroughbreds is on the podcast for us today. Bill, big weekend. Bubbles could be burst. Dreams could be made at Newmarket. What's the weather going to be like? Because we've seen this over the past few weeks now. They've been watering here, watering there. Then they didn't need to water. They've overwatered, underwatered. How on earth do you get it right? Yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare because it's a changing forecast. There was talk at one point, I think yesterday, they were talking about up to 20 mils on Saturday. And they've now come out say so that forecast has changed and they're not expecting that much rain. So they're now watering. I think they're good, good to firm we were recording this on Thursday at the time of, of, of recording, but that could all change because there are rain showers around. There was a, they put a quote out, which is a little bit unhelpful saying there's a 50% chance of anywhere between one and 10 mils, whatever that means. It's like saying there's a 50% chance my dad's and my mum. It doesn't really tell you anything. And we don't know if it's going to be one mil or 10. And, we don't know whether it's going to be heavy rain on Saturday or it's going to miss altogether. They're mm. watering because they have to because the ground is drying quick and there's a wind around. Um, I'm worth working on the basis of good, decent ground. But like you say, watch the space carefully and, yeah, yeah, just just keep an eye on the weather. Now, of course, uh, the Guineas meeting on, on Saturday. It's a big day, whirlpool in town for all eight races. And it's the first time that the, the Guinness has been on there radar so this could be a, a big day for the the punters that like the exotic bets and a few prices here and there yeah so whirlpool back in town so that's obviously a of this collaborate collaboration is the word i'm looking for mm-hmm. of global totes it, it's run obviously by the hong kong jockey club uh and it basically allows you know punters from all around the globe to bet into one single pool so it means it's a you know, a multi, multi-million pound betting experience. And we're talking Hong Kong, Australia, France, US, obviously the UK, um, all uh, swelling these pools. So if we can be clever in our selections and swing the bat a bit and try and land a few Cronellas, um, we'll be in the clover. And, and Wolper must be delighted at the moment, no fewer than 11 in each of the races, 11 or more, which is really what they want. You want eight or more for, for a minimum, but 11 is a pretty good number, really, is it, as a minimum number. Yeah, the field sizes have held up really well, uh, particularly in Newmarket, which has struggled in the past on this day. And uh, we haven't mentioned the coronation, uh, but obviously the race times are a bit later and the Guineas has run a bit later, but the field sizes have held up 
really well. And uh, yeah, punters, once they've watched the king and queen crowned, uh, can get stuck into the action from Newmarket. I'm sure they'll be queuing up to do just that. They'll be, they'll be camping outside the Newmarket just to watch the coronation on a big screen TV and then wait for the Guineas to come on on Saturday at the minimum. Let's start with the 140. We'll do all, all eight races from Newmarket as Whirlpool are there looking at them all. Mile and a half, the Howden Handicap, Class 2, 11 at the moment, due to go to post. Looks a very open-looking race. Although the favourite, two Messiahs Fox for Andrew Balding, who's in cracking form early season in the King Power Colours, who's a winner at Kempton. has got a Sheen Murphy on board, probably going to be the favourite here. Capital Theory goes for Charlie Johnson. Crystal Delight for William Jarvis, who doesn't have as many good runners as he probably should do. He's a fantastic trainer in the end. William Knight, we'll hear about him a bit later on as well from Sam Hoskins, but he's got Moktasab in here for Harry Redknapp, and there are others in uh, what looks a fairly tricky opener. Yeah, tr- tricky opener, and I tend to try and veer away from favourites in these kind of contests, but there was something so very taking about uh, Tumasias to, to Fox, I don't know how you pronounce it, uh, his win uh, last month on, on the all-weather at Kempton. You could see his great white feet, four white feet, uh, Ocean Murphy sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. He was desperate to hold on to the run, but couldn't. And the horse kicked clear, went away and ran one by nearly five lengths, uh, proving his purchase price to be right. He cost nearly a million, to a quarter of a million quid he cost at the sales three or four years ago and has never really repaid that. But he, he had the ultimate operation. He was gelded back in October and looked a completely different horse back on the all-weather. He's got form on the turf on decent ground. He wasn't beaten far in a really good race at Royal Ascot last year in the uh, King George, the fifth stakes behind good horses, Secret State, Dover Legend, Isra. Um, he was, wasn't was beaten far. There was a massive price, but he was sixth, not not beaten a million miles. And chased home Solcombe back at Ascot um, back in July. That was another good run. So we know he can put it all together. Uh, Handicap has whacked him up 10 pounds. Doesn't make life easy, but... I'd be very surprised if there isn't more improvement to come. So he's got to be in any permutation um, when you're playing, looking for the big Cronellas and stuff, because it's really hard to, to, to leave him out. The other horse you mentioned there, Moktasab for William Knight. Big day for him. He's got some chances. Um, can go well fresh. Uh, can also handle any kind of ground. Um, was his best at the beginning of last season when he won his first two starts at Newbury and Goodwood. You can see him going well. It was a long, hard campaign for him last year. He's had plenty of time to freshen up and was very effective off the mark in 95. So 97 shouldn't be a be a problem for him. Uh, could even improve a bit over over the course of another winter. So Moktasab has to be the one for, for kind of Quinella. And, and I'll leave it at that. I'll play those two. So uh, Tumiasias Fox is the main selection, but Moktasab, the one for the Quinella. Quarter past two, six furlongs we go. A listed race called the Kilvington Stakes. Once again, 11 have been declared for this. Azure Blue for Michael Dodds, who's um, won two in a row, both at Newmarket. Both over six furlongs in September and October. has been off for 210 days. Uh, Gale Force Myers in this race as well. Another Dodd source. He seems to have a very strong hand. I remember Heredia winning at um, Royal Ascot back in last year, winning the Sandringham. She only won by a length, but she looked really good on that occasion. But she disappointed when turning up at Sandown uh, a couple of weeks later on and didn't win when beaten odds on favourite. This is 
uh, for the Phillies in this race, by the way. Padika's in there for George Bowie. Fast response is one of the Nick Bradley racing syndicate horses that seem to always do quite well. And that Queen Ollie is in there for the all-conquering ammo racing at the moment. So it's the girls' time at 2.15, Bill. Yeah, the, the girls' race here, the obvious place to start is obviously the Michael Dodds pair. The big head-scratching question is the form of the Dodds team. I think they've only had a couple of winners this calendar year. Um, there's glimmers of light, but it has to be a concern. The stable aren't firing, and you've got the top two in the market, or the joint favourites here. Two really talented horse. Azur Bleu wrapped up um, the end of last season with two wins uh, over course and distance. Uh, look, one of those was listed off a mark of 98. She's only four. She's progressing, getting better with age. Uh, look, she's there's lots to like. The worry is the stable form. And then you've got a horse like Gale Force Mayo, who has really good form here at Newmarket. Finished off the campaign with that fourth to Azure Blue, but that was a long, busy campaign that included um, good wins here, notably uh, when winning a handicap back in, back in April last year, first time up, beat the old Yardstick uh, Bergerac off a mark of 98 that day. Look, life's not easy. Eight pounds higher. And... Look, if, the, if those two fight the finish out, good luck to them. Um, it wouldn't be for me. They're going to be short on the Whirlpool. They're going to be well found in the market because of the obvious one. The form book tells you they're the obvious ones. But they've both got big weights, and there is the question mark over their form of the yard. So I'm going to take them on. And the two I'd be most interested in would be Heredia, who you mentioned, Richard Hannon horse, who she looked a worldie. She looked really good uh, at Royal Ascot last year. Uh, she was the handicap good thing in the Sandrium. Richard Hannon couldn't hide his kind of regard for her, thought she was going to be top, top class. Let's talk about her being a group filly. Uh, she was wheeled out very quickly uh, within a couple of weeks when she was beaten at Sandown on, uh, in, the, in the Coral Distaff on, on Coral Eclipse Day. Um, and she's beaten at odds on that day and never really fired after that. She kind of lost her way, but there's a chance if she's been put away, freshened up, uh, returns to action over six, which may just suit. Um, on rating, she's right in amongst these. And with a Hannon Fort team in good form, I think she's definitely worth including. She's she's a best price kind of 13 to 2, which was more than fair for a filly that may just like six furlongs. And if the break has done her some good, she's, she's going to be really effective in a race like this. And the other one, a big prize, 12 to 1, is Queen Ollie. Now, Queen Ollie on paper was disappointing last time. Uh, we saw her reappear over seven furlongs in the Nail Gwyn. As a, as a classic trial behind, fun enough, the same owners won it with Mama's Girl, who we'll see in the 1,000 guineas on on Sunday. Uh, Queen Ollie was the more fancied of the two, and she just weakened. Uh, travel fair enough, but weakened her way out of seven furlongs, dropped away to be beaten eight lengths or so, but she blatantly didn't stay seven. And if you go back through her, her form, all the runs, all the three attempts at seven furlongs have been disastrous in her career. But if you look at her six furlong runs, which are the other four starts, they've been really good. She was second to Matilda Bacotta at Newmarket um, at this uh, track in, in, in the listed Phillies, Bosrasham. That was a really good run. And she also chased home Morge. She was third to Morge in the Group 2 Duchess of Cambridge, all over six furlongs. She was fourth in the Albany Stakes over six 
uh, at the Royal Meeting behind Meditate. Uh, Mauds was second that day. Green Ollie was back in fourth. That's arguably the best single bit of form on offer here, I'd imagine. And I just think she's massively overpriced at 12. She's got her tongue tied down, whether she made a noise last time, I'm not sure. But that could only help her uh, for the George Bowie, Kevin Stott team at 12. So I thought she was really interesting. So I'll definitely play Heredia and Queen Ollie. I'll probably play Queen Ollie as an each-way single, and i play Heredia as an each-way single. But from a Whirlpool, Cornella point of view, I wouldn't put anyone putting the pair together uh, with another one of your fancy. But I think both of those will run well. Not too many recent winners in the 250 Six furlong handicap with a big field of 23 due to go to post. Tam Ma was in there for Charlie Hills, Admiral D for Richard Fahey, Pro for Jenny Candlish. We've got Silver Samurai, a bit of an enigma for Marco Botti. We remember speaking to him last season about Silver Samurai, who was well fancied for a big race, didn't uh, fire at all, having a world beater the time before that. Apollo 1 has won recently, although it was November, so not that recent, but on his last start at least. But um, I guess it's trying to find the ones that are well handicapped in a race like this. When you've got so many runners and, what, six, seven to one the field, there must be some nice uh, whirlpool bets available here. Yeah, and a big field, uh, 22 odd runners. Uh, the dreaded D word, the draw, comes into play here and whether there's a draw bias. Last year, you wanted to be drawn low at this meeting but who who can second guess whether you want to be drawn low or high really um that's the kind of quick quick route to the poor house trying to second guess the draw at newmarket um the obvious place to start would be tan morway at the top he'll be favorite for charlie hills a uh, good second on reappearance it is probably very well handicapped uh was second to bernardo o'reilly that newbie that would have blown the cobwebs away off a mark of 97 7 uh, on 95, two pounds higher here off a nut mark of, of 97 now. And yeah, he's, he, he's going to run well. Uh, it's just a price thing. He's going to be around six to one, five to one. It's plenty, plenty short enough. Uh, you can generally make a case out for seven or eight of these and come up short to last year's winner, Black Rod. Now with Roger Teal, uh, two pounds higher than last year off a mark of 97 was 95. He's a horse that can go well. Trap 21, again, might not be the right place to be, but blew the cobwebs away at Kempton on the all-weather, so that would put um, him spot on for a race like this. So Black Rod probably has to be in any Quinella. Um, I'd say the two that I would be most keen on, though. Um, the first would be Silver Samurai for the Marco Botti team, um, a horse who, again, used that same race at... Um, Kempton as a, as, a, as a prep Black Rob was back in 10th but Silver Samurai finished 4th was favourite ran on well didn't quite get there but um, 6 furlongs back on turf uh, should be perfect for um, Silver Samurai who was 3rd to Summerhand um, at York last summer in a valuable 6 furlong handicap that was a really good run off a mark of 97 uh, off a mark just £1 higher um, now, but runs off 99 this afternoon or Saturday afternoon. I thought Silver Samurai around 12 to 1 was definitely worth uh, including in any kind of Quinellas and plays. Marco Botti was amongst the decent winners last weekend. I think Silver Samurai can go well. And the other one is old Admiral D, who was a highly tried three-year-old, uh, reappeared with a really pleasing run at Newmarket here back in April, uh, not beaten far. We'll definitely strip fitter for that. Of Reappears off the same mark, 92. 
uh, pieces on for the first time will eke out a bit of improvement. Jamie Spencer will ride, so we know the way that will be ridden. Fast asleep at the back, so that kind of negates the draw 23, as long as that's not the wrong place to be. I thought Admiral D, uh, 8, 9 to 1, and Silver Samurai, 10, 12 to 1, with the two to play in um, Quinellas. The first of our guests this afternoon on the programme is Sam Hoskins from the Kennet Valley Thoroughbreds. They've got three horses running at Newmarket, on Saturday, one in the 325, one in the four o'clock, and one in the 550. Uh, 325 is a mile, Suffolk Stakes, and we'll hear from Bill in a moment. There was 17 due to go to post, headed probably by Jimi Hendrix for the Chelsea Thoroughbreds. But I managed to speak to Sam regarding his three horses. We'll hear from Sam about all three of them, starting off with Dual Identity, who runs in this Marlin Furlong handicap. And I explained to him, you know, he'd done really well, hadn't he, when running in the Cambridgeshire, which is a tough race. And this looks like another tough one on Saturday. It is a tough race, but um, he was very unlucky when third in the Cambridgeshire over the course and distance in September. Um, and he's much better off at the weights with Majestic, um, who won that race. But we were on the far side at the time. And arguably, if we'd been near him, hopefully we might have um, we might have made the result a different one. But he, he's probably a bit over the top on his last run when he was third to time uh, turntable. Um, but William Knight's really pleased with how he's done over the winter. And um, he's the kind of horse that could run well fresh. And we're, we're really hopeful he's got a solid each way chance in it. Because that Cambridgeshire is obviously a massively tough race to win. 28 runners at Newmarket over nine furlongs. It doesn't take any prisoners, does it, that place? No, not at all. Um, exactly, and to actually have one in contention, it, yeah. it is the nature of the race when the, when the pack split. That I mean, we won we won our race on our side, yeah, but uh, sadly yeah. that wasn't good enough to win the whole thing. But he is a, he is that kind of horse that he, he probably the first half of last season he I think we thought he might we thought I think William Knight always had faith in him that he was going to be a better horse than he looked. But then it took until the second half of the season to sort of prove it. And I think it coincided with perhaps faster paces and etc. And I, and I think and then and the Cambridgeshire was was a classic one of those where they went really fast and he's got such a high cruising speed that it was he he found himself nicely on the bridle at a furlong out and, and he, he thought I think he and it looked well he, his head was I'm sure was in front with a half a furlong to go but yeah. sadly yeah. sadly we were third but we all treated it like a winner so <laughs> uh, and, and this is a mile and a furlong the fact that it's won over a mile and a quarter at Sandown that's obviously a positive because it's a bit of a stiff finish at Newmarket yeah exactly you should see the trip out well we always um, we debate the trip was always a bit of a debate but I think I think 10, 10 furlongs yeah he proves 10 furlongs on decent ground is fine so 9 furlongs here with his cruising speed i mean i think we'd almost you'd probably go you try a mile on soft you'd you'd try a straight mile on soft ground but i think on good ground nine ten furlongs is perfect mm -hmm. so um yeah okay, it's all fingers crossed he's, he's not a handicapped lot but he has the potential he has the potential to to rate a bit higher yet and, and there will be there'll be there's unexposed four-year-olds in there and the four-year-olds tend to have a good record in the race but but we but we haven't we have we're not over raced and william knight's very good with this kind of horse with as they get older so hopefully you can eke out a bit more improvement in him okay then at four o'clock it's the the five furlong the palace house stakes uh, and uh, you know, another quite a big field you've got equality charlie hills trains you've got uh, champion jockey on board william buick and uh, this horse won for you at haydock over the five he's, he's pretty much just that's what he is in a five furlong horse He's got. He's amazingly um, progressive horse. He's. He's. he's uh, uh, to be fair, he's always shown a lot of ability at home. But he was. 
he was a bit of a tearaway as a as a, as a youngster and uh, as he's grown older he's grown more mature with racing and the second half of last season he really really clicked into gear and um he, he that haydock win was really impressive and and actually when he backed he backed up a week later and came third um at Ascot on soft ground and that was a hell of an effort too to be honest because the ground was probably a bit softer than ideal and um anyway he's he's another he's done really well over the winter from four to five and um and charlie hills thinks he's actually a very similar horse to equilateral who he also runs in the race mm-hmm. um but obviously we're, we've got younger legs and um I think he's pretty hopeful of a big run. I mean, he, he's an exuberant horse, but he, he's, he's got a very, very high cruising speed. And he, I know that the King George at Goodwood in August is, is sort of the big target for him. But right. this this race could could well suit him as well. And if he does everything well and gets luck in running, then I think Charlie is really hopeful he'll run a big race. And obviously, Twilight Twilight Calls will be hard to beat. But um, but he, he, he this horse is unexposed, and he's he's really got the potential to 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 be a, a good horse this year and to, and to make that jump from handicap company into group company. I imagine the handicapper came quickly off Charlie Hill's Christmas list after the Haydock win because he went up ten pounds from ninety-four to one hundred four. Obviously, he won very easily there. He won you know, by over three lengths. But that, that has t- first of all, it's tough to win by three lengths in the five furlong race. Secondly, it's tough to get ten pounds on top, isn't it? I know exactly. I mean, he he always had the potential when everything clicked to suddenly do something like that. And to be fair, he did it actually on his first run last year as well at Windsor. He, he was off a rating in the 80s and suddenly he, he he destroyed them then and went up but then he was inconsistent and but i think everything he just he's just started he's a bit more professional nowadays and mm-hmm. and i know i know physically i saw him the other day he's really grown and strengthened um quite a lot from four to five and, and those sprinters tend to get better with age so it's hard to be confident there's seven i mean every all the entries are declared there's a full field of 17 and i know it's it, it, there's a lot of depth to the race so we we I, i'm involved with another philly get ahead that runs in the same race and i know she's she came third at bath the other day and I, I know we're we're hopeful that she'll run well as well so i mean you could run a good race and come fifth or sixth in this race it's 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 a really really hot and open renewal yeah and and, and get ahead is trained by clive cox of course yeah, exactly. She was, um, yeah, Clive's very good with his sprinters. She, um, she uh, was, she won at Glorious Goodwood last year, and um, she's got a very, she's actually not dissimilar to get ahead, uh, to to quality, very a real powerful speed ball who's mm. got a very high cruising speed, five furlong specialist. She ran very well from a wide draw the other day at Bath, um, sort of never near a third on on ground that was a bit too slow for her, um, but she she should she could run a really big race as well. So I mean, it's quite hard. It'd be for me. I mean, with the syndicates, it's completely, a completely different. Get ahead's a filly that's leased from her breeders, and Equality is a horse we bought as a yearling. And it, it, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm the only link really between the two. But that right. they're, um, I, I, I'd find it quite hard to split the two personally, especially with Get Ahead getting three pounds. It's always tough with the the five furlong races. They, you know, you, you can throw the the dice down. They can roll in any order on on that particular yeah. day, can't they? Exactly, absolutely. And now at five fifty, you've got to wait till the last race, seven furlongs, for a confined handicap. Now this is quite interesting. It's uh, for horses that have won no more than one race. So we've got some interesting horses going to go to post in in this one over the seven. And you've got Chartwell House for for Kennet Valley. Another William Knight uh, runner with Jamie on board. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. He, I have to say, William William thought he'd need the run quite a bit on his first run at the Craven meeting and. After about a furlong, when he pulled pulled his jockey's arms out, uh, you thought, "Well, this is this is never going to happen today." And then, I mean, considering how keen he was, he hit the line pretty strong, and he, he was not beaten very far at all. So it really was a hell of a run, considering. And, and he is a he's 
he's definitely a horse with a bit of attitude and he's not straightforward but he's a very capable horse and quite and jamie spencer's a really interesting jockey booking just the way he rides and yeah just the he's just the kind of jockey that could suit and ironically i mean it's not quite um it's not quite willie carson and minster sun but jamie spencer i believe actually co-bred chartwell house right. i didn't must have been a partnership of breeders but he co-bred him and now he rides him so it's quite a fun little quite a fun little story and I, I suppose probably on the prices. I mean, I'd imagine Charlotte House will be one of the favourites. So he's probably technically our best chance of the day. But mm. but all of them have got chances. And Charlotte House, I suppose, uh, the, the the bookies will say he's got the best chance of them all. Um, and, and I'm pleased there are only 11 runners. And yeah, he's got a he's got a really solid chance. I'm not sure he'd be a horse I'd have maximum faith in. But <laughs> but 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 he has if, if he, he he if he if ever if he put everything into place and raced properly and and was. Um, settled, etc. He he's got the potential to be well handicapped. So he just needs to do everything in the right order. And, and last time he he did a lot wrong, but thankfully he he still nearly won. So it probably means he is if if he settles better, he he's got a big shout. Kenneth Valley Thoroughbreds. That's Sam Hoskins talking to us about his three runners. We'll get Bill's thoughts on, on the uh, latter two in a moment, and also of course on the the first one, dual identity. And we'll hear from Sam again towards the end of the program, explaining how. Kennet Valley thoroughbreds all started and, and how it all works there. But, um, Bill, this 325, it's a mile and a furlong, so it's a bit of a distance that's you know, in between. It's not quite a mile and a quarter. It's not a mile and a half. It's not a mile. You've got to have a horse that stays up the hill. And uh, a tricky one when you've got 17 of them are going to be spread across the track here. Yeah, and you've got... You know, Jimmy Hendricks is the obvious starting place. Uh, sneaks in here with just a penalty after an emphatic win. Um, I was going to say the last day, but I mustn't say things like that. Um, uh, beat, beat the Latam of, of William Haggis's in the Spring Cup, and that was a seriously good run. That was what Jimmy Hendricks can do and has always threatened to do. That was the first time blinkers and just bounced back to form. Runs here off a £5 higher mark. One mile one will help. There's lots to like about him, bar the price. He's just a bit skinny. You've got a few at the top of the market who are deserve their place there, but are take honourable, if that makes sense. Jimmy Hendricks has to be in that category just because he's going to be a bit short. King of Conquest is a horse of Charlie Appleby's. Now, he's had seven of the last ten beaten favourites, um, so there is something not quite right about the form of his yard. Um, we're recording this ahead of... Friday's racing at Newmarket where he's got loads of favourites so you'll be the judge yourselves of how the stable form is but it's a worry enough for me he's not been seen since winning at Bahrain in Bahrain back in February that was a good good performance he's £10 higher than winning at Wolverhampton in November is progressing fast but the niggling form of some well-fancied horses from the same team being beaten worries me and Empire State of Mind is a horse I really like of John Quinn's if the rain comes and that's the big if. If anywhere near the 10 or 20 mils of rain comes, then Empire State of Mine has got to be near to the top of your list. Um, but if it stays on the quick side, I would definitely be windy of his chances because I think he's much more effective when the mud is flying. And the other one of the leading contenders to mention is Saga, carries the colours of the king in first-time pieces. If Saga can return to the form that saw him chin by thesis by the narrowest of nostrils in the Britannia last year. Um, that was off a mark of 97. He's five pounds higher than that. If he can return to that form now, he's been gelded. 
uh, he's going to be bang there. I'd imagine this has been the plan for some time. Uh, it happens to be the coronation on the same day, and it'd be great for horse racing uh, if the king can have a winner. And I'd imagine there'll be plenty of supporters of Saga. So watch the market on that one. But look, it's a it's a wide open race. You can make a case for loads at massive prices. So from my point of view, I'd like to play into the whirlpool. I'll play a few at big prices, win in place, and then I'll probably put a, a kind of combination of three or four together in the Quinella. Um, the first of those would be Majestic for the Shannon team. This is a horse who obviously has great form here, won the Cambridge last season off a mark of 86. Uh, life is tougher off a £7 higher mark, but ran really well off this mark, went fourth to migration in the mud in the Lincoln. Uh, the step back up to the Cambridge trip is one mile one. Uh, should be perfect. Stables in good form. George Bass takes the three pounds off. I think Majestic can go well. He's drawn right the way down the middle, so if there is a bias, he can go either way. Uh, I think he's overpriced at tens and has to be included in the uh, Quinellas, but I play him win in place. Um, the other one is Turntable. Uh, having a first round for Harry Eustace was with Chris Wall, who's obviously no longer training. Uh, but this is a horse that was two from two the last time we saw him in action at this track. Um, look, the handicap has had his say. He's up to a mark of 96. Um, but he's a seven-year-old that just got his act together in his last two starts and is very effective over course and distance. No real issues with the ground. No reason to be a double-figure price. I would play Majestic and Turntable win and place the pair of them. And then to throw one in at a massive price, uh, number 13, Toshizu of Roger Fells, Jamie Spencer rides is around a 20 to 1 chance just take a look at that third here back in April to over a mile to uh, Bo Pedro just a horse that's screaming to ha be stepped up in trip very true connections big price ideal horse to play in a Quinella and hope that he kind of hits the frame so I'll play those three in what is an impossible puzzle excellent at four o'clock we've got the Palace House Stakes it's a group three another big field here at 17 Horses like Manikan, who was uh, fantastic last season for John Ryan's book, Frankie Dottori, to ride for the first time. We heard about equality. Charlie Hill's William Buick, one of the Kennet Valley thoroughbred horses. We heard that from Sam a few moments ago. Razzle's in there for Mick Appleby. Living the Dream, who was well-fancied local trainer at Epsom Adam West for the Dash last year. Uh, and he only got beat just under four lengths. Bad Dream, who came out and won at Doncaster, uh, over six furlongs. His Marvellous is in there as well. But they've all got to beat Twilight Calls, who drops down from a second in Group 2 in the Temple Stakes at Haydock and another second in the King Stand at uh, Ascot. And, of course, that is a Group 1. So when you go to Group 3, you don't really expect a Group 1 horse coming in to try and ruin it, but Henry Candy's trying to do that. Rymore's booked on board for Cheveley Park. He's the one to beat, though, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, Twilight Calls is, and it just gives me the heebie-jeebies when I think back to July 2021 when we got chinned, uh, King of Stars got beaten the neck by Twilight Calls in a handicap at the July meeting, trying to give it five pounds. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> we, we, he was only a three-year-old then, but they were trying to beat a, you know, a horse that's runner up in the King stand and give it weight. Well, that, that just just makes me feel nauseous thinking about it um, <laughs> but, but uh, onwards and upwards um, the worry with Twilight Calls is we haven't seen him uh, yeah. since that good run at Ascot so it's his first run I mean he won on his seasonal reappearance um, last year in April and won quite impressively look on a going day if he's tuned to, to, to full fitness 
he's going to be very hard to beat. Um, I wouldn't imagine Ryan Moore would take the ride if he wasn't. Uh, he'll be bang there. He's, he's probably the best of these. Um, he's not a great betting proposition at three to one, I wouldn't have thought. Um, the market will tell you. If he's weak, then you probably know he might need it. But Henry Candy has his form in good, in, in good string. I, I think his team in good string, his form in good string, his string in good form. Um, and I think he will run his race, but he won't be carrying my money. Um, I thought that um, equality, I know we just listened to, to Sam, but he was very much on my radar um, before Sam mentioned him. But he's a horse who, like Sam was saying, was just getting his act together and is a sprinter now at the age of five where the penny is just beginning to drop. And I, I, I like Charlie Hills at this time of year at this meeting. He won the race last year. Um, just lines them up for a to be fully wound up and tuned for this race. And I thought quality can just go well. That draw might well be good, Trap 6. You wanted to be drawn alone in this race last year. I thought quality would run uh, really well. Um, and I was going to play a quality with Arecibo, old friend with Jamie Spencer on. Uh, he's eight years old now, but a very fast run race uh, where he can pick the pieces up late. I thought he, he was just overpriced. Uh, it wasn't a bad run at Pontefract last time on ground. That wouldn't be ideal. Um, back here, back at Newmarket. Arecibo was seventh to Cardem in this uh, last year. And yeah, I just thought he might run all right. And I thought at round 20s, he was he was worth playing win and place. But the main fancy there being a quality uh, for Charlie Hills. The first classic of the flat season is at 4.40 on Saturday at Newmarket. Over the mile, of course, it's the Kipco 2000 Guinness, the Group 1 part of the British Champion Series with 14 horses declared to run. We'll get Bill's thoughts on the race in a moment, but we spoke to Aidan O'Brien during the week in conjunction with the British Champion Series who organised a media call. We had a quick chat about a couple of things. We talked about Little Big Bear, which you'll hear in a moment. We started off talking about the favourite for this race, August Rodin, and just how important these classics are early season for the Aidan O'Brien team. It's the first test of the classic uh, generation. Uh, obviously, it's the the mile is the, I think is where the real quality is. Um, the kind of sprinter that stays really, um, and obviously then it can lead into the Derby after that. But um, like seriously important races is right. It's not a race you ever take for granted, and or any horse in the race really. Um, like I said, it's usually uh, the first time out for some horses and. The horses, obviously, that ran in trials, we have a little handle on it, but we, we don't know about their others, really. He's a horse has loads of class, um, but we're going to learn a lot about him, and he's going to learn a lot, and uh, um, we're looking forward to it. He's a horse always showed plenty of class in his work from very early. Two-year-old, I think, Ryan sat on him in February or March as a two-year-old, and he loved them then, so he was showing loads then. Uh, it's usually a good sign. And, of course, you've got little Big Bear in the race as well. Yeah, obviously, he's by no name ever, which is a big influence on speed. Uh, there's stamina in his damn side, but uh, no name ever is definitely a big influence for speed. And he is a big, powerful horse. And we saw what he can do over six furlongs, five and six. Like, obviously, uh, he's a horse that won over five furlongs in Ascot. And we know what kind of pace and precaution that takes. Um, so, and he had it. And then he got six. And uh, I suppose we went up to six, wondering, would he get six? And then he got six. And, and the way he got it... Um, he looked like today he won the Heinz, that he would get seven standing on his ear. But uh, listen, obviously, we're going to know a lot. He hasn't ran in a long time. 
his work over that distance has been nice and uh, he's, he's been doing everything right, really. You mentioned the two horses in, in the 2000 August Rodin and Little Big Bear. They're totally different, aren't they, in their profiles? Do you think, with your experience, that the, the, the finish at Newmarket, the, the steep finish, would, would suit August Rodin a little bit more, having had that experience of running over a mile and obviously going for the Triple Crown later on, going over longer distances? Would that slightly favour August Rodin over Little Big Bear if they were both turned up in, in their best behaviour? I suppose, Chris, obviously we know uh, that uh, Augustus Rodin is going to get the trip um, we, we've seen that before and, and obviously um, Little Big Bear hasn't ran near this distance at all. Like two furlongs is a long way in a, in a horse race and he's only ran over six. So uh, obviously I suppose uh, you have to be thinking that, um, but obviously you put them together, you don't know. Both of them are doing most of the work over seven furlongs and and uh, that looks lovely for both. Um, got, obviously uh, Little Big Bear is getting home and he seems to be covering the last furlong well. Uh, we haven't went any further, and and obviously the other horse he gallops through the line, which we would expect him to be doing anyway. But um, it's it's going to be very interesting, Chris. Really, I know you train them to win, and then they go on and breed from there on in. But how important for you and the team, back at Ballydon and Kuma, would it be for a deep impact, bred sire who you know August rode down by deep impact, and like Galileo. Damn, that would that would be a, an amazing worldwide crossbred achievement for for you and and for the team moving forward. If Augusta Rodan lived up to the hopes that you have for him, yeah, no, absolutely, Chris. Like obviously, already he's a total, absolutely collector's item. Um, he's the last of the deep impacts, and I think there's only five or six in his generation. And uh, obviously, he's out of one of the best Galileo mares that we ever had. So he's very unique, really, and. Uh, um, obviously, uh, like it, it was, it was uh, such a call from the boss to send the mayor over, and and the way the team worked out was just incredible. And then, the horse to be born uh, with a physique that he had, and had all the attributes that he had, and then when we trained him to have the ability, and then he had the speed and he had the class. It's a very rare thing. It's nearly impossible to try to make that happen, but like so far, like it's happened, and he's done all the things, you know. So obviously, this is first race of his three-year-old career. So it will be very interesting starting him off now. But he is, like, obviously very unique horse. He's, like, an absolute collector's item, really. How optimistic are you that Little Big Bear, is, who's by no name never, has his Meditate, who has won over a mile in, in the US, who goes in the thousand guineas? How confident are you that that no name never breeding is, is going to be enough for Little Big Bear to run and win over a mile in such a, a, a quality contest? Yeah, it's, it's going to be very uh, interesting to see. Obviously, uh, Noni Never is a big influence for speed. Um, obviously, um, uh, Meditate is one over a mile in, in America. We didn't know what was going to happen there, but that was a flat track and on a, on a bend. But Joseph won a mile and a quarter with Noni Never during the week of Group 2. So that's uh, very encouraging to, to see that that at least can happen. You know, But um, until you see it, you're, you're never sure. He, he's out of a mare that it could happen. Uh, he's like it's not speed on the damn side, but he he is uh, obviously by known and ever, and he is a quick horse. Well, he knows how to win a race. He has some wonderful horses, obviously at his disposal. Aidan O'Brien, we thank him for talking to us uh, and chatting away about August Rodan, who's by deep impact, as we mentioned, and uh, Rhododendron was a Galileo mare. I mean, the, the breeding 
possibilities there and the conjunction of it would just be amazing if uh, August Rodin could go and, and maybe be a triple cat crown horse with the Derby and Ledger still to come. Um, this probably is his hardest task, isn't it, over a mile because he's clearly won over a mile already and would, they'd love to step him up, I guess. I just don't see how little Big Bear can beat him uh, with the no-name-never pedigree. I know we said that Meditate, who runs in the 1,000 Guinness on Sunday, she won over a mile. She's by no-name-never. But he, he just looks a different class, August Rodin. Well, we'll see anyway. Uh, Chaldine comes in here for Andrew Balding, the Judmont Colours, unseated at Newbury. Didn't go to plan at all. But before that, they'd gone really well last year, winning the Dewhurst ahead of Royal Scotsman by a head who reopposes for Oliver Cole and his father Paul in the Fitri Hay colours. And they're pretty confident they can turn that form around with Chaldine. Saki has got to step up from six furlongs to a mile for Roger Varian. He clearly stays the six really well, but will he stay a mile uh, in Group 1 company? Silver Knot is in there. Holloway Boy is in after a big win on debut at Royal Ascot last year. Indestructible who's had the wind up, is in there for Carl Burke in the Ammer Racing Colours. And around about 20 to 1, I think a lot of people fancy that one each way. What do you think? Are we looking for August Rodin to set the marker down here to become the Derby favourite and maybe we get a triple crown winner after all these years? Yeah, I mean, he's always had that reputation and there's been plenty of chat throughout the winter about how this horse is the first horse that can really give them a a proper crack at winning a, a triple crown. As soon as you mention the triple crown, it sows that seed of doubt over whether he's going to be seen at his best over a mile. Mm. And particularly if the ground stays quick and it becomes a test of speed and takes away the emphasis on stamina. And that's why we've seen in recent days... Um, when he was six to four yesterday, he's now thirteen to eight, because I think people are beginning to think that the suspect stayers in the race may get away with it. So, little Big Bear, who you mentioned, Chaldine, who you mentioned, Sakir, who you mentioned, these are horses who might not truly see out the mile. Lots of them hold Commonwealth Cup entries, so yeah. they can switch back to six if they need to. But they're having a free hit of the Guineas. And we've seen in recent years um, some big reputations come and disappear in the Guineas. And this is a very different test to the when we saw Augustus Rodin or August Rodin winning at Doncaster. It looked more like a three-mile novice chase than it did a, a, a Group 1 for two-year-olds. And he kind of outstayed them. And if the rain arrives, that's going to help him because of the emphasis on stamina. But if it doesn't, you've got to wonder whether he is going to be vulnerable to a horse with a turn of foot. Now, it's interesting that Wayne Lorden rides Little Big Bear because he rides him every day. And I think people expect to Jamie Heffernan to get the ride. But he gets on very well with the horse. He gets a real good tune out of the horse. And they keep the partnership intact. Now, whether he does or doesn't stay, he was very effective over six and a half at the Curra. Um, the quick ground will be perfect for him. Uh Look, he, he is smart, and if he stays, he's a massive danger to August Rodin. Now, he's 11 or 2 in lots of places. Lots of firms are offering um, four places here, and that's definitely appealing for Little Big Bear because I think he's probably the favourite's biggest danger, if truth be told. I like Chaldine. I like Royal Scotsman. I think they're runners. 
whether they're actually good enough to shake up the O'Brien pair. I'm not so sure. I, I actually think the O'Brien two might end up finishing first and second. Um, and it may not even be in the order that people think it could easily be uh, Little Big Bear. Don't forget, we had a similar situation last year with Karibas. Uh, he turned over his better fancied stable mate in the race. And you could easily have, and that was obviously for the cool, uh, good offing team, you could easily have a similar situation. I think the Little Big Bear is probably at the prices 11 or 2. The bet. Don't, don't forget on ratings. He's the highest rated of these. He, he, he comes in here with a rating of one, two, four. Uh, what he did last year was devastating. You know, and it's easily forgotten that he was a Royal Ascot winner who went on to the Curra and, you know, won the, the Anglesey by four and three quarter lengths. He's down and then went a bit smashed, whichever was billed up as the best two year race of the season, the Phoenix Stakes, the group one at the Curra, where he beat Persian Force and Bradsaw, but he won by seven lengths, making all. If they're riding positively here, and don't forget he's drawn up against the you know, the rails. He can come to the standside rail if he wanted to. Just might take some pegging back. And at the prices I'd probably leaning towards the little big bear at this stage. I think August Rodan's a, a big danger. Um Royal Scotsman might well just be best of the home team. Um there's plenty of money around for Holloway Boy. Look at twenty five, thirty three, I could totally get him. Would I be in a hurry to back him at twelve, fourteen? Probably not. Um, I think I think it's Aiden's pair. I, I, I would go with Little Big Bear as the value over August Rodan, but I think they'll finish one and two with Royal Scotsman for the pieces. Great stuff. It's the two thousand guineas on Saturday afternoon at four forty or later off time this year. So five fifteen and five fifty. Let's uh, whiz through the final two races. Five fifteen, a six furlong handicap. With 11 runners, Shaquille's going to be popular for Julie Camacho, having won three of four races, this uh, three-year-old. Eminence, goes for Clive Cox, just the, the one win for him so far. Expert agents in there, but Kevin Philip Art Defoy and Almaty star for Roger Varen and others go to post as well in the 515 bill. Shaquille will be favourite here, and on the back of a couple of wins, um, one on the all-weather and one at York. Uh, the one worry with Shaquille was that we didn't get to see him at Newcastle on all-weather's finals day because he got very upset when going to the stalls. And that worries me. Mm. It just worries me. I know they can do a lot with them and train them or whatever, but if a horse doesn't like stalls, he's not going to suddenly fall in love with the stalls. And that, he, he just don't want to be taking a short price about a horse that might work his way out of contention. So bear that in mind. Um, I'm going to get sucked in by an eye catcher here in eminency for Clive Cox, whose team are in good form. Uh, if you want to go and watch an unlucky horse, go and watch his reappearance at Kempton, uh, in behind a wall of horses. And then jockey seemed to ease up and then he flew home. <laughs> up the inside and was only beaten a length and a quarter. Uh, whether he wants further than six in time is a definite question, but he really caught the eye. Uh, a mark of 86 definitely underestimates him. Uh, I thought he was interesting. This race is a nightmare from a betting point of view because you've got plenty of unexposed ones down towards the bottom um, who could be anything. El Matty Starr, uh, Chasserell for the balding team. Here's a horse with a penny eventually dropped on the all-weather last time we saw her in action and she could easily but be miles better than 82 Philly. but um, I would probably play this I'd probably play Eminency and Chasserelle, uh would be the two that I would play um, in a kind of Quinella but Eminency being the main selection and the eighth and final race is at 5.50 over seven furlongs it's a confined handicap and um, we spoke to Sam Hoskins about this one as well uh, horses that 
not won more than one race. I don't think they've even priced this one up so far, but he felt that Chartwell House, who runs for the Kennet Valley Thoroughbreds, William Knight, Jamie Spencer, you've mentioned Jamie a few times today, could he be having a winner in the finale as well? Yeah, could easily. Uh, Chartwell House is a very interesting runner. I remember um, backing him at Goodwood, funny enough, when he flushed it, fluffed fluffed his lines a bit in a maiden there during the glorious Goodwood meeting, which Mischief Magic won. Um, but Chartwell House improved, um, ended up going to win at Epsom and has been gelded and nice reappearance, like um, Sam was saying at Newmarket, put, a, put him spot on for a race like this. Um, definitely better than an 82 uh, horse. As Sam said, is he one to fully trust? Not sure, but he can definitely be one for the Quinella because I think he can get involved in the finish. But the confidence selection here would be Divine Libra for the Charlie Hills team for Kieran Schumach. I uh, was really taken with the way um, that he won, admittedly on, on softest ground. It was very heavy ground at, at Catterick um, uh, at the uh, the beginning of last month. And... Look, that that was a really impressive performance. Uh, begins life in handicaps off a mark of 85. If the rain comes, that will be no problem. But Divine Libra is a nice type, and I think is is probably been has been the target for some time. So I'll go Div- Divine Libra, and I'll play him in a, in a Quinella with Chartwell House. Thanks, Bill. Good luck with your selections. All eight races from Newmarket on Saturday covered there in the preview today. Now, before we hear from Wally Pyra and look ahead to Sunday's meeting in Hong Kong, let's have another word with Sam Hoskins from the Kennet Valley Thoroughbreds. It's one of the major early syndicates that have been going around for many, many years. And I asked Sam how it all began. A chap called Nick Robinson found it. Nick Nick founded Pacemaker and was great friends with Robert Sangster. And some said that he was quite instrumental in bringing Robert Sangster into racing. And Nick founded Kennet Valley in the late 80s to try and win the inaugural Cartier Million sales races at, the, at um, I think it's actually Phoenix Park in Ireland, which mm-hmm. is before my time. Um, and uh, that was, and it was backed by Michael Smurfett in Ireland. And they had, a, I think they had the second and the third. Uh, they did a, they did very well they 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 did they, they did everything but win it um and then kennet valley carried on from there really um harry herbert worked with nick robinson on it and before harry went off to find high clearance so kennet valley's been going um 35 years i think i think it's 35 years this year so it's one of the what i think yeah one of the longest running syndicates i think um the late henry ponce would be i felt that think probably he was that he was the, the most of them or he was the longest of them all but we i think we might be second and um and, and, we, and we've always like think we've always done our best to, to punch above our weight. I, I've only been involved with it um, ten years now, but um, since since Nick sort of passed over the reins t- to us, to Piers Winkworth, Luke Livingston, and myself, and um, we've been we've been really lucky in our time. We've had some um, good horses, and Italia's magical memories. The Busker have all plied their trade at Group One level, and um, and we, we've we like to think we punch above our weight, and but the social bit's very important, and, and giving people as good a, a great time, and 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 hopefully that dream of competing at, at the top level. Um, that's that's our aim anyway. We we've, we don't have a huge number of horses. We we started off in twenty um, when when we took it over from Nick. I think we were on about eight horses, and now we've got fourteen. Um, so we we've got some. We're, we're lucky to have some nice horses, and we've got some great trainers, and it's 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 very lucky to do something which is great fun as well and and does each horse have their own set of owners then they do yeah exactly so we have um they have uh 16 16 shareholders per per group right. um and um 
so 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 some people are in, in in lots of them and some people are just in one it's every, every, each to their own really they're all very separate so let's have a look forward to sunday and it's an early morning start in hong kong charting race course for 11 races this weekend all gets underway at 5:30 a.m. UK time our Hong Kong expert Wally Pyra joins us once again we enjoyed some great group one action last weekend Wally and it all went very well for the local Hong Kong horses but this weekend looks a pretty good card and 11 races loads of chances you'd imagine yeah it was last week as I said was excellent it was very good for Hong Kong they had three group one races they won them all from the internationals um, which can be good in one respect. It looks great for the locals um, that they've won all their the, the prizes have stayed at home. I'm not too sure though about international um, the international horses. Do they have second thoughts about coming over to Hong Kong? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it the wrong time of the year um, for for the European horses? They're just getting started. Their season mm-hmm. is just getting started. Okay. Australian horses are pretty good. Japanese, well, I told you before, they only sent their B team over. Yeah, yeah. And they went home with no prizes. So it'll be interesting to see this time next year what happens, what international flavour we get. I mean, the ones in December will always do well because it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty good time of the year. But let's let's see. But as it was for the the mile and the nine furlong horses and the sprinters last week. This week, the highlight race is the the Queen Mother Memorial Cup. It's a handicap. It's over a mile and a half, and it's run at 9.35. Now, the interesting thing about this race is there, in fact, there are only three mile and a half races in Hong Kong during the season. So it shows that, that at the moment the breeding suggests that you don't get long uh, long stayers or you know staying horses. This gives them a bit of a chance to show their their ability, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But looking at it, it's a Group Three. It's worth nearly uh, four hundred thousand uh, pounds purse. It's got and a trophy. The highlight horse obviously has to be Russian Emperor. Now, we spoke about this uh, in March sometime when Russian Emperor went over to uh, Doha and then went on to Dubai. Didn't do any good in Dubai, but again, that was in a race that Equinox won the world's best or the world's champion racehorse. But nevertheless, it was okay in the fact that he did win a Group 1 in Doha, so he comes back, he's got top weight, 100, 135 pounds. He has to give up to 20 pounds in weight to his 11 rivals. But the big thing, and this is what people who fancy having a flutter on Sunday, they want to keep an eye out, is that the weather forecast is not good. It may be 28 degrees um, over in Hong Kong, there's a lot of rain and a lot of thunderstorms circling the city. If that comes down, changes the ground and changes horses' chances. 
conditions enormously because they're not um, used to running on conditions like that. Now, obviously, the likes of Douglas White, who trains Russian Emperor, he must have had his prayer mat out because that's exactly the conditions he loves. I mean, we remember when he won last year, lowered the colours of our champion horse, Golden 60, when uh, winning... Uh, a big race, a group race last season. What was it? I'm trying to think what the race was, but it was a good race over 10 furlongs. He obviously has a big chance. The ground conditions will probably be to in his favour, but lower down in the handicap, getting the £20 from him is Straight Aaron. Now, Straight Aaron is a Casper Founds galloper, trained galloper. He was unlucky in the derby and he was unlucky in the derby. He finished fifth, didn't get a run, but he came out next time out and absolutely demolished one of his rivals in this race, Sword Point, who we all fancied for the derby and thought was a good thing when he won when he ran in that class two handicap over nine furlongs. But straight Aaron soon put him in his place, one easing down by three and a quarter lengths. He's obviously a good stayer. Hasn't run over, obviously, a mile and a half yet, but he's he's won over nearly 10 furlongs in Australia before he came over. And another big thing in his favour, he, he has won and been placed in Group 3 company on heavy ground. So if the ground changes, it certainly won't worry him. Certainly Russian Emperor. Opposition, well, you've got Senor Toba, who won this race last year before being beaten over a mile and a half by Russian Emperor. Panfield, dear old Panfield, never quite made it. Um, or he hasn't gone on since winning this race in 2021. Um, the interesting horse for me is my old, well, I say it's cost me so much money, but this this is his chance of surprising. He's a horse called 5G Patch. I fancy him and fancy him. and fa- He just keeps getting beat, just can't get up. Too late, unlucky. But he keeps getting beat. But the big thing in his favour is this is his first time over one and a half miles. Ex-Irish five-year-old galloper. Tony Cruz has always thought the world of him. He's earmarked this contest for him. It'll be very, very interesting to see how he goes. I watched him in a trial at Happy Valley recently. Very impressive. With uh, Alexi Bedell on him, he could run well at a big price. But so you're looking at Russian Emperor and Straight Aaron, the match. You've got the, the old campaigners like Senor Toba. Uh, Panfield, Torbian Diamond, Columbus County, Running Glory, they've all got chances. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the likes of Sword Point and 5G, and notably 5G Patch, who I think will run well at an each-way price. They're the horses to watch. So all in all, yeah, it's a very it's a very good race. That uh, 5G Patch used to be with Joseph O'Brien, of course. Uh, he only had two runs in Ireland. He won them both. Yeah, he so won them both. It cost a few quid to take over to Hong Kong, wouldn't he? He did do. He did do. And the interesting thing was, I think it was Tony Cruz's assistant, I think I read about it, was mm-hmm. saying that the horse was still very green and would improve enormously in time. <laughs> well, he has turned out a good horse, 
Yeah. But he's had so many unlucky runs and chances of winning. He's been a short price favourite on numerous occasions and got turned over. So I'm interested to see how he runs. I don't know if he's good enough and probably not to mm. beat the likes of uh, Russian Emperor race, yeah. and Straight Aaron. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, now the other race to keep an, um, an eye on is the 835, which is the Hong Kong Chow, uh, Chow Chamber of Commerce Centenary Cup Handicap. By the time you've said that, um, the six furlong race will have been run because it takes so long to say it. I can't wait for the uh, for some newspaper to put in, what's your favourite race beginning with C? That would be the one. <laughs> it's, it's a class two, um, 250,000-pound um, handicap. It's got some good horses in it. It's got Nervous Witness, who blotted his copybook when he was uh, slow out last time out. Um, he's trial well since, but you're asking a lot from him with top weight. Lower down. Now, let's have a look. Lower down in the handicap, you've got this John Size, Zach Purton combination. I mean, I, I was just looking. They've had, they've, they've, partnered or well, they've got together a hundred times this season and had 30 winners so it's a 30 like a 33 percent um uh 33 percent uh win ratio they team up with this horse called golden express now golden express is going for a hat trick he's moving up in class this is his first time in class two but he was enormously impressive when he ran away from his field last time out obviously the opposition that he met in that race is not as good as he meets here but there's one big thing in his favour he needs a strongly run uh, six furlong contest, he needs that if the a tempo and sometimes the tempo is, is good, good to slow and it doesn't work out this should be a quick tempo which will suit him enormously He's only got £123. He's getting £12 from the likes of Nervous Witness. He looks highly progressive. He'll be very hard to beat. The danger is probably a horse called Adios. Now, Adios made his name in Happy Valley. He was um, won twice and was played in the frame three times from just seven starts. He's, he's only had... He's run once on the turf where he... Last time out, he was desperately unlucky behind Victor, Victor the winner. I'm not, I'm not saying he would have beaten Victor the winner, but he was desperately unlucky in that race. He was drawn 12 on that time. This time, he's got the, the obviously the plum uh, number one, the inside draw. So he's got a big chance. And my favourite horse, unfortunately, it's cost me a few dollars over the last uh, couple of months, a horse called Goko Win. I did fancy him in the race by uh, that ran uh, Victor, Victor the winner one. He finished fourth like all good each way bets just out of the frame. And he was second the time before behind Adios. That, but that was on the all weather. He's obviously a pretty smart sprinter, but I'm not sure he's good enough to beat Golden Express or for that matter, Adios. But it's a very good race. Now, the rest of the card, is really and truly the same old story. How many times do I say it each week when I come on 
and do the bo- podcast with you is how many winners is um, Purton going to ride? He's riding yeah. 10 out of the 11 races. There's a big, there's been a, a, a pretty big thing about him that a few months back, it was how many winners he would surpass Marrera's record this season, which was a record, what is it, 170 winners, and it was how many winners he would go past that. Now, that's gone out of the window, and it's how far he can get get close to Marrera's records. I mean, I know this sounds very strange. I mean, the guy has ridden 127 winners, and it's it's funny, he's, he's ridden 18 or 19 winners since the beginning of April, but they still don't reckon he's going to break the record. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. He obviously needs to be riding at the top of the game. Mm-hmm. He may be riding a couple of winners each meeting, but he certainly needs somewhere where he's going to ride four or five winners at a meeting. Now, looking at the he rides on Sunday, he rides simple heads for John Size in the 6.30 over six furlongs. That'll be favourite. He rides um, Nicholson Returns, that runs in the seven o'clock over ten furlongs. That'll probably be at the forefront of the betting. Baby Crystal, that was a last start winner for John Size again. That'll be favourite in the eight o'clock. Then we got his rides this perennial place getter, Golden Bull, who's been placed out what six out of his last seven runs. He gets a big chance with Burton Gore to finally get his head in front. But he rides another good one in the ten ten. Uh, a horse called Red Elegance, trained by Jamie Richards, looked very impressive winning first time up. The fact that Purton is riding at his minimum weight says he must fancy it. He's having to put two pounds up, up overweight to ride in this horse, but he looks pretty smart. And for our UK listeners, you've got to keep this. Obviously, they will know this horse, Chateur, that was trained by Andrew Balding as a two-year-old, third in the Richmond Stakes, fourth in the Jim Crack behind Noble style. He makes his first appearance. His trials and his track work suggest that he hasn't quite acclimatised yet, but he's worth keeping an eye on. So all in all, it looks a good card. How many winners will hurt and ride? How will Russian Emperor get on against the lightweights? And to see whether Golden Express confirms the high reputation that he has. Thanks, Wally. Good luck with your selections on Sunday in Hong Kong. Thanks to Bill Esdale for his previews and to our special guest today, to Aidan O'Brien. Good luck in the big races on the weekend in the Classics. And thanks to Sam Hoskins as well from the Kennet Valley Thoroughbreds. Well, that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's racing action in the UK as well as Hong Kong. And it's going to be a special edition, episode number 200. So please make sure that you join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released.